All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S. from Oklahoma, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, August 10th. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are going to be reading page 83, the first paragraph, revisiting that paragraph that starts with, with, yes, there is a long period. And we'll be reading and sharing on just that one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Robin S., for the 12 traditions, Anita L., and the readers of the text will be Rebecca B., Lauren N., and Deb W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, August 9th, are 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 10253, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time is 10254. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Robin S. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. I am Robin S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service this morning. Thank you, Robin S. 
And I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that I pass. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So again, we are resuming the study of the big book On page 83, first paragraph, we're revisiting that first top paragraph. It starts out with, yes, there is a long period, and we are only going to be reading and sharing on that one paragraph, and Rebecca B. is going to be our first reader. Good morning. This is Rebecca B., a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with a family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. 
Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our creators show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. So again, I'm Rebecca B., a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And, um, you know, this is a really powerful paragraph. There's a whole lot in it. Uh, Honestly, this morning, as I sat down and looked at it to think about sharing, every single line was underlined. Um, I had every single line underlined except for one. So I'm going to go with my sense from from my own higher power, which is perhaps it's that one that I had not yet underlined that I want to share about. And that one is, their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. So, um, you know, I, so I'm a mother. I have um, two, two children. One is 19 and one is 23. And they grew up with me active in my disease for, for most of, of their years. Um, you know, I was in AA when my son, so 17 years ago, when in, in OA rather, when he was two and um, left and then came back several years ago and have had um, recovery and have been in the program now for a couple of years, but have had recovery through vision for the last seven months. So my kids grew up with a mother who was an active compulsive overeater and that meant that their life was pretty insane. And I thought that that was only as it was related to food, which it most certainly was. You know, it was like, wait a minute, are we eating at this fast food restaurant tonight or are we eating only organic homemade whatever? Well, why are we going here? Why are we doing this? And they had to act as though it was normal. You know, the, the unwritten rule was we don't talk about the craziness that's happening. We don't talk about the fact that mom acts so differently one day to the next and um, is very extreme in the way that she is with food. We don't talk about these things. And the more recovered I become, which is more and more every single day, which is such a gift, the more I realize that that's just the beginning, that my craziness was everywhere in their lives. Um, and so was my love. And, you know, and, and this paragraph reminds me that this is a lifelong journey that I'm asking my higher power every day to give me the willingness to act differently, which includes being honest with my sponsor. It includes listening to all of you on the line, going to face-to-face meetings, really learning who I am, and then changing how I act, not just thinking about it, not just making a list of goals, not just living in my head, but really acting differently. And it it says that we ask our creator to show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And I think that's also with ourselves. Um, for me, if I try to strive for perfection, if I try to be the perfect mother, that really isn't any more... Um, sane and real and recovered than when I'm in most of my disease. Um, You know, being patient, being tolerant, being kindly, and being loving means that I look at myself, I change how I act, I be the best parent that I can be to my kids and wife to my husband and, you know, sister to my brother and daughter to my father, but it certainly doesn't mean that I ever arrive. It's it's a constant evolution and growth. And the primary gift they get is that they see that as a way of life. They see that we can change. We can become more and more who I believe each of us is put here to be and 
I think in many ways that's the biggest gift that, that we give them and that I give my family. So thanks so much for letting me share. I'm grateful to be of service. Thank you for your share, Rebecca B. All right. Who would like to share on the paragraph that was just read? Katie G. Boston. Katie G. Barbara E. Matt M. Tina F. Barbara E. Katie G. Tina F. Wait, here I got Katie. Wait, so far, let me tell you, I've got Katie G. Matt M. Barbara E. Tina S. Who else? Lauren N. Lauren Lauren N. Kim G. Kim G. And let's stop there. So here's the first six I have. Katie G, Matt M, Barbara E, Tina S, Lauren N, and Kim G. So we'll stop there and we will start with Katie G followed by Matt M. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Ms. Kelly. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Hey guys, KDG, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, saying good morning from Boston and starting my timer. Yeah, I gotta be honest, <laughs> this makes me feel like, wow, I have a lot to go. I think, I mean, the place that I feel the most clear on is it ain't my business what anybody has done to me, you know, and um, with my mom, like, it can, it can still come up, like, She's acting in this way. And the most effective tool I have is, well, what if your mom wasn't? Like, what if your mom wasn't? How are you behaving? And I have to be honest, sometimes I am not behaving the way a woman of honor, dignity, and grace does. And so what do I do? I don't say sorry. Um, My mom and I, I have made many amends to her over the years. Um, I have frankly analyzed the past. Um, I have told her that I was not the kind of daughter that she needed me to be. Um, And it has continued in terms of us evolving in a relationship. And, you know, the most effective tool that I want to hone in on is asking each morning in meditation. Um, A friend of mine told me that she, her prayer was, you know, I need you, God, to love my husband through me. And that's what I need. And every morning in my prayers, I think about how did I treat my husband last night? You know, and some mornings it's like, yeah, we did good. Katie, you did good. You weren't nagging and in his face. And you know what? Some mornings it's like, Katie, you didn't even let him in the door. You didn't even let him in the door. And it was me and my needs. And so for me, the hope is, right, like I'm better. Like I, where I am coming from, I shouldn't have the privilege to be in a relationship with someone. I, I took hostages and um, I was always better than or worse than everybody. And um, God, my creator, can soften my heart through prayer. And that is, I mean, my commitment, and I have to be honest, like I heard about prayer and the importance of meditation and prayer from the beginning, and it wasn't until three years ago, a buddy of mine said to me, you know what, I'm going to start praying. My prayer list probably includes, like, you who's listening right now, if you and I talk, because I just, I can't do it without God. I can't show compassion and patience, and I don't have that in me, but I just say, God, love Evan through me. God, help me show blank through me. Help me be a loving woman, the woman you want me to be. And let Evan be happy today. Let him be filled up with your love and your light. And when I spend that time in morning meditation and say, you know, 
well, who can I be today to the people I resent, and I'll just close with this, or the people that I fall short. Like I am accessing my creator, and my creator has compassion and acceptance and love and kindness. So I'm just going to keep showing up, keep praying, and messing up and doing it again because this is an ongoing, regular commitment for me. And I'm going to keep showing up shoulder to shoulder one more day with you guys, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie G. Next up is Matt M., followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Matt. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Kelly, thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive over eater from New Jersey. You know, I look at this tonight. Someone was mentioning, I said this yesterday, like, uh, I don't make friends. I took hostages. I was very disrespectful of people's boundaries. I didn't know what, that, what they were, how to set them. So when people retaliated against me, I always took it personally. I always, like, made everybody else out to be the enemy. I never, I did anything wrong. I'm a victim. Look at me. Feel sorry for me. Everybody's being so mean to me, blah, blah, blah. But in all reality, I was the causer of my own, my own destruction and my own pain because I was always on top of people, never giving them space, always clinging to people, looking for reinsurance instead of self-soothing within and trying to be the person I know I should be and always using people for what I can get out of them. And uh, I like this prayer at the bottom. I have, every time someone did offend me, I really need to say that prayer because show them the way of patience, kindness, kindness, and love, kindness and love because I'm sick too. I'm far from healed. I have a long way to go, and I'm nowhere close to the, to the start. I'm showing I've just left the starting line, you know, so I basically feel like I have so much to get through, and I know I can do it one day at a time. And just um, look how fast things Thank you, Matt M. And um, next up up is Barbara E. Followed by Tina S. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Can you hear me? I sure can. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I'm going to start off with the most important thing, at least for me, the set aside prayer uh, and the prayer that asked me uh, asked my God to help me to be peaceful, kind, loving, and tolerant. And to remember, I don't have to be right every time. I just have to be kind. I don't have to show up for every argument. But now I just like to go back to the Barbara that was. I alternated warm fuzzies with my children with coldness and even rage. I remember one time when my son didn't want the bologna sandwich I had made for his lunch at school. And I literally squeezed it between my hands and said, well, then you get nothing. I went to meetings. I memorized the various prayers, but I never thought about their meanings, and I certainly didn't apply them in my life. I wasn't going to anyone but myself for power. I I had no connection to God. I didn't even see why I needed one in the equation. Yes, things were bumpy in my life, but I wasn't eating over it. Yes, I was aware of a few character flaws, but being willing to change, no. You had to change. Yes, I could be mean-spirited, manipulative, dishonest, selfish, and self-seeking, but only if you behave differently would it would anything happen? I wouldn't steal so much if things were being uh, weren't co- didn't cost so much in the stores. I needed you to follow my directions. Well, after 20 years, I was follow 
finally willing to open myself to the possibility that, yes, I was a dry drunk without any improvement in my relationships with myself and my family. I had to realize I must restructure my thinking. I conceded defeat. I had to try something radical. I had to get myself a sponsor, a big book sponsor, who was teacher, passionate, firm, committed to service, someone in whom I felt I could trust. And when she determined I was ready, I began to do steps 10 through 12 every day. She told me I had to go back to fours and nine as needed, and perhaps even to go back and revisit step three. I had to remember to pray and really think about the words, not just once in a while, but every day. I have to remember, again, I don't have to be right every time. I say the seven-step prayer, the set-aside prayer. I ask God to guide me. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And next up is Tina S., followed by Lauren N. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, thanks for your service, Tina S., compulsive reader, anorexic in Florida. Well, grateful to, to be on the line and in in this part of the work. You know, I, I used to read this and think, uh, yeah, um, I, I continue to do a ninth step. But this morning I read, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. And so that reaffirms for me that I'm continually uh, reconstructing my life on a daily basis. And I, every morning, you know, ask God to show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Because that was not something that I brought to my family or anybody that came into contact with me, you know, when I was in the throes of the disease. And today I want to be a different person, you know, and the amend, you know, the change of my behavior takes time. You know, initially I get a little better, you know, then patient and patient improvement and progress is, is the, is the words for me, you know, because, you know, when these crop up, you know, there's a reason that there's a 10th step, you know, there's a reason there is a solution because I am on the journey, you know, I'm on the journey. So when these crop up, I have an opportunity, you know, to make the, to make the man and continually change my behavior. But for me, you know, this does not happen overnight. I did not get here overnight. And, you know, and I'll close with this. I also like the sentence that says, their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. I make decisions based on self most times that place me in a position to be harmed. I set the ball rolling most times. And I'm grateful today that I don't have to live that way one day at a time. So thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Next up is Lauren N., followed by Kim G. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Wow. This is, um, we no longer say we're sorry, or basically, (coughs) this has been such an incredible change for my life. Um, I have tried, I've said I'm sorry years and years to my son who is 26. um, And I realized that that is not enough. I get to act as if I'm 
sorry and make amends to him in a way in the way that I behave and treat him. I'm not always perfect, and I matter of fact, I'm never perfect, but I get to be a much better mother to him today, even when I get set off by some things that he says I'm able to to pull away and to realize that this is not about me and I have no control over it. Um, I get to be a better person to myself. I get to be more forgiving of my way of being, of my expectations of myself, of my... judgmentalness and um, my the way I'm hard on myself and I get to be much more loving today than I've ever been. And for that, I can only thank these, everybody here on this line and listening to you all and getting so much out of everything I hear because it is with that that I get to learn how to be a better person, working my 10, 11, and 12 every day. And right now I'm redoing a step four. Um, and thank God I have someone to give it to because I've been showing up and they're willing to show up for me. And giving back is so incredible. And I'm working with a sponsee today who is working on her fourth step, and I get to give back to her in a way that was given to me. Thank God for this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren N. And next up is Kim G., and then we will be having an announcement of our convention. So, Kim G., you're up. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, all. My name is Kim Jean. I'm a recovery compulsive overeater. Just to remind us, this is we're in step nine now. We're finishing up these step nine instructions, and it's letting us know there is a long period of reconstruction ahead, and we, I must take the lead. You know, I always think of um, Superstorm Sandy, which came through the East Coast about five years ago, and it came through in October, and in January there were some congressional hearings, and the congressmen were often saying, well, why do you need the money now? Like, it happened three months ago. It should be over. And I remember being so angry about that because they didn't see the devastation that happened to my Jersey Shore. That was not going to be cleared up in three months. And, in fact, five years later, there's still some people that are not in their homes. Why? Because there hasn't been some follow-through. That's what I have to do. I have to follow through with these amends. I have to make sure that my actions continue to change because I've done a lot of devastation. You see, I was very naive. I thought that when I got down to a size six, Brad Pitt would propose to me. I also was very naive to think when I got to step 12 that life would be easy. But the fact was I spent 17 years in OA in and out of relapse. I had lost all credibility in OA. I had lost all credibility in my life. People needed to see my actions because my words were meaningless. And I often think, too, I get a lot of phone calls from people that are, that are anxious because they're in 10 and 11 and 12, and they're like, I don't understand. I'm still afraid. I still have resentments. I still have these character defects, and I'm working the steps. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, we're always going to be human. You see, being recovered doesn't mean I don't have fear, I don't have resentment, I don't have character defects. What recovery means is I don't have to stay there anymore. I have learned a skill set in 4 through 9. I have implemented that in 10 and 11 and 12. And I have a way out today. So maybe a resentment or a fear that used to plague me for three years now plagues me for three months. And as I continue those steps, maybe it plagues me for three weeks and then for three days. And now after six and a half years, I'm blessed that once in a while, I'll do an 11th step and think, holy mackerel, that thing that would have pulled me over six and a half years ago wasn't even a 10th step because it wasn't even on my radar. Because you see, what I did six and a half years ago as a recovered woman is not sufficient today. You know, we often talk about, you know, a God of our own understanding. I think I need a God beyond my understanding because I need a huge God because I have an alcoholic brain that gratefully I have a daily treatment for. But if I stop treating that brain, that, that goes all out the window. So I need access to a power greater than myself. That six and a half years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, but the work I do six and a half years now is not sufficient, and I'm sure I'm going to have to continue to grow as the years go by. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And next, we will have an announcement by Amy G. Hi, Kelly. Can you hear me? I can. Great. All right, y'all, I know it is early, really early for some of y'all, but listen closely as I cue the music, the rocking music, because Bruno Mars and I have got something we got to say. That's right, folks. Look out because this announcement is 24 karat magic. It's convention time. Woohoo! Vision for You presents the power. That's right. Wait a minute. No magic. The power of the big book. A weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Your 24-carat seat is waiting for you at the Liberty International Airport Marriott, September 15th through 17th in Newark, New Jersey. But look out, because the deadline is fast approaching August 24th. The Marriott is full, but our sister hotel, with all the conference perks and a shuttle running all the time, is at the Renaissance Hotel. But look out, because there's only 44 rooms, so get on the phone, get hooked up, and get there, because we want you all there. We want all the players there. Now, if you can't make it, we'll be really sad, but please, if you got to cancel, call Melanie C. All information is going to be on our website so that we can let go of your room and give it to someone else. So make sure you do that. For all things convention, go to our website at www.avision4u.info. We also have a great community bulletin board for ride shares and sharing rooms, everything. So get on. Get hooked in because we want all the players there because it is showtime. 
And back to you, Kelly, for our awesome meeting. Hope to see you all there. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you, Amy G. That was uh, quite quite entertaining. Okay, so back to our big book. Uh, just a reminder, uh, in case any of you have forgotten after that, big book, page 83, first paragraph, top of the page. Starting with, yes, there is a long period. We're just reading and sharing on that one paragraph. Who would like to share? Me and Jerry. Oh. Oh. All right, hang on. I only actually got two names out of all that, Nancy R. and Leah M. Lisa B. From New Jersey. I got Sarah G. Wait, Laura G. Wait, hang on. I got somebody from New Jersey. Who's that? Mary. Mary, what was your last initial? I'm sorry, Mary A. Mary A, okay. Lisa B. Lisa B. Okay, we're going to stop there. Uh, Here's what I got. Nancy R, Leah M, Laura G, Mary A, Lisa B, and Janice M. And we'll stop there. So if everybody will please make sure they're muted, star one. And first up is Nancy R, followed by Leah M. Good morning, Nancy. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks to everyone who shared this morning. The shares have just been awesome. I want to speak to the last uh, line where it says, Each morning in meditation that I created show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And, you know, speaking about the family, this is so important to me. Because I got married very late in life, and having lived uh, a single life for most of my life, I found that uh, showing love, patience, tolerance, and kindliness uh, to to people outside who I interact with for a limited period was quite easy. But living with someone on a daily basis, I didn't. I had no idea how challenging that would be, and uh, how important this particular paragraph uh, has been in my life. It's you know, it's easy. It's easy to spout it in meetings, and to read it and to affirm it. But interacting with somebody who oftentimes has a different point of view that you that I feel is wrong. This particular uh, uh, phrase has been a lifeline. You know, I've heard uh, in the rooms, the only form of permanence is repetition. That is so true. I have to live this life. I have to follow these principles over and over and over again. It's not a one-shot deal. It's something I have to do every day. I have to take these actions Every day, every day, all day long, if I am to stay in recovery. So thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. Next up is Leah M., followed by Laura G. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible. You know, uh, 
this amends process and sitting down, you know, with my husband. It was, you know, I was newly married at the time. It was 1987, uh, no kids at that time. Sitting down with my parents, um, you know, how how I knew I was partly responsible was because of the work of steps, you know, beginning with the action step, of step four, the inventory process, four through nine, examining, um, you know, my core belief systems, the ideas, attitudes, and emotions that had been developed in me. Um, I was living in the darkness. You know, my life was based on self-centeredness. I had no, uh, comp- you know, no northern star to look towards. It was just based on my specific wishes, demands, uh, you know, specifications. And, uh, you know, that process really started to awaken me, awaken me, and the light started to come in. And, you know, you've perhaps heard that once we pick up, you know, our addiction, our emotional development is stunted. And certainly I believe that was the case for me. I started binging when I was a young kid, and, you know, I really didn't develop, uh, certainly didn't develop didn't have a relationship with God and did not mature. And this process began to mature me. Um, you know, when I started living in the light, I started to grow because I lived in the darkness and nothing grows in the darkness. So, you know, I just, I, you know, it is so transformative. I mean, we always talk about our abstinence dates. You know, I can tell you January 19, 1987 for that. But I wish I could tell you the day when the episodes of rage stopped for me. You know, I used to throw plates and dishes around, you know, that stopped. What about the day that the spewing of criticisms to my husband stopped? It stopped. It stopped. The day when the emotional unpredictability stopped, it stopped. You can count on my emotional stability today. Um, you know, when, when I came into program, newly married, young kid. Today I have 12 children. I have a daughter-in-law. I have a son-in-law. I have three grandchildren. I have elderly parents. You know, this program, I mean, do you know the amount of wreckage I could cause with all those relationships? And yet the program guides me, asking each morning in meditation that our creator show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. I have a higher authority today. It's not a life based on self-will run riot. Um, You know, I have to submit to a simple process, just wrapping up. It's not easy, but it has taken me to a place I never knew existed. And, you know, uh, it's the, the results are, have been disproportionate to my efforts, yet my efforts are required to sustain and enlarge uh, these results. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Leigh M. Next up is Laura G., followed by Mary A. Good morning, Laura. Laura G., press star one. Leader, we can't hear you. Can you guys hear me? Kelly, Kelly, you're just fine. Yeah, we were able to hear you. There's something else probably wrong with the other person's line. Oh, okay. You've been fine. fine. Yeah, we've been hearing you call Laura. Thank you. Okay, well, Laura G., um, we will move on to Mary A. Are you available, Mary? 
Mary A, press star one. I'm talking well, to myself. Can you hear me now? Is this Mary? Uh, yeah, it is Mary. <laughs> okay, great. Well, good morning, I'll start Mary. My timer. Thank you so much. It's been a long time since I have shared, and it's, the shares are so great. Thank you. This is Mary. Mary A, I'm sorry. I'm so used to transitioning from New Jersey to A. Um, a gratefully, gratefully recovering compulsive overeater and got an abstinence in all of you, the most important things. Um, when I heard all these shares, I thought of <clears throat> there's two women in um, vision that I'm just so grateful for on the Sunday. And they both happen to be in New Jersey, and one of them I have met now, Erin and Barbara. And I play their tapes at certain parts over and over again because I've never heard it put in all my years in the room. I've never heard it put. And they said that somebody has to mute if you can hit star one. Um, they said that the big book, you know, that um, the big book says that most of our problems are of our own doing. And then I heard the words that my problems are a direct result of my character defects. And I said, what did I just hear? How could such a small line, how could that escape me all these years? My problems are a direct result of my character defects. And then they went on to teach us, you know, to ask God, stop me when I'm being mean-spirited. Stop me when I still eat foods that I still have fat on this body that from many diseases that I'm managing stop me from taking them up and being self-controlled and mostly stop me from this rage and make me calm, God. And I I can't tell you as I read it over and over again and I, I ask God, you know, I don't look at a list myself because I do have God. I have always had God and his spirit to guide me and I say, Please show me my characteristics that I need to ask of you. And I know the thing I heard from one of our sisters this morning, I really have never done. God, love, help me to love. You love my husband, or however it was said. Uh, help me to love him as you would love him. And and that was is really, is really helpful. And I can't thank you enough. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Mary A. Next up is Lisa B. followed by Janice M. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. This has been a really powerful meeting, and I'm grateful that we are reading this paragraph again the next day uh, for two days now. I look up the word reconstruction, and it says creating something again that has been damaged or destroyed, a thing that has been rebuilt after being damaged or destroyed. And boy, I was damaged and destroyed. Much of it was from my own making. Um, in fact, a lot of it. Uh, I just also had a lot of trauma growing up. And um, anyways, the other word that stands out for me is kindliness, quality of being warm-hearted, gentle. Oh, my goodness. I certainly wasn't any of those things. I didn't know what it was to be warm-hearted or to be soft-hearted. When I first came in here and got entirely abstinent and began working with my um, recovered 
big book guys, I was aware that there was quiet inside my head. And I realized that all these years, years and years and years, I had been living with this buzzing sound in my head. And I know that that was from being in my food, but it's also from just being in a life of self-will. And the, the thing that comes to my mind with this reading is um, from uh, page 83, when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis. I was in a self-imposed crisis, and food was my solution. And I needed these steps to get recovered, to be remade. My, my higher power continues to remake me. And I ask my creator each morning to please show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. It's a foreign way of living and existing and I'm grateful I have all of you to help me and guide me and um, teach me and that my higher power is inside of me that I have been able to lay hold of and access and have that power go out before me and help me make the crooked ways straight. Um, You know, the other day I was sitting with my husband having breakfast and I was aware of just being in the moment, present with him, listening to him, and how nice it was. Those moments still are um, foreign to me because I'm not used to being present in the moment and listening and uh, not hearing that chatter going on in my head all the time driving me and being free of that self-imposed crisis. But it's only one day at a time, and it's through these growing steps, 10, 11, and 12, that keep me going. And also, I need to remember that I'm growing along spiritual lines, that it's progress, not perfection, but I am actually growing along spiritual lines and that my higher power is everything. And when I'm trying to run the show, it all comes back. I mean, just like a tornado, it comes right back. But it's quicker. I, I, I can see it quicker through these steps. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Next up is Janice M. And thank you so much, Kelly S. Uh, This is Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Oh, I see this as a, you know, Bill, I love love visuals. And uh, that's what uh, Bill is doing here. He's uh, painting a picture for us, at least for me. You know, there's a long period of reconstruction. Well, like was said, the tornado or the hurricane, it destroys. It destroys. Boom. Quick. Very, very quick. And this is what happened in my home, um, in my life, that I destroyed it. Destroyed it. And quickly. Now I want to reconstruct it. Construction takes a long time time. But you know, I'm an addict. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to, you know, be be abstinent and make you think that everything is okay now. And uh, aren't I wonderful? And you're supposed to behave and forget about everything. Well, you know, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> the reconstruction of my life is the prime goal in my recovery. As I avoid taking that first bite, You know, the task is, you know, accomplished by what? By working these steps. So now we're in another phase of development. And, you know, um, in the stages of development, there's growth. There's growth and development, or you stay in that particular stage, whether it's infancy, whether it's early childhood, whether it's adulthood. And so I have to keep growing. If I don't grow, I go. Now, of course, You know, reconstruction, like I said, takes time to be restored to sanity. And I can only be restored by the architecture of my life. 
whom I call God. And when you do a, when a building, I'm not a builder, but when we build a building, it takes time. You have to have an architecture. You have to have tools. So we're building, we're building this arch, uh, you know, through um, the foundation. That's how Bill writes, the foundation and the cornerstone, so that I can pass through this a free woman. What a wonderful thing. But it takes time. There's different stages. And this is the beginning stage of the next stage, step nine, and how to live differently, how to live spiritually. And I have to, it's a must that I have the guidance and the strength of a higher power. Not just the words, but the works. See, because words don't mean too much unless they, you know, that I show works. So again, it's spiritual progression, not perfection. And, you know, I used to say, okay, I can eat this then, you know, for a little bit, and then I can go back. No, you can't. That's that's got to be perfection. That has to be that I'm powerless, and I'm powerless no matter what I do. And so, you know, reconstruction is an Time. ongoing, thank you very much, an ongoing venture. There is no closing date. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Uh, one more call out to Laura G., are you available to share? I may have just made that name up. Who knows? But Okay. Well, this is Kelly S., <clears throat> Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. And I just wanted to share really quick because, um, because I'm a leader and I can. Anyway, also because we are in the, one of my favorite parts of the book. And this is so exciting. But I also want to share that this is also the part of the book because it's so good that You know, I'd go to -to face-to-face meetings years ago, and this was, you know, we'd always pick this part of the book. You know, we'd always pick those really great parts of the book. And nobody ever, well, I never heard, let me just say that, that there was a lot of work you had to do to get to this part. You know, we'd read all this stuff and the promises. I never knew till almost five years ago, after 30 years of being here, that the promises were ninth-step promises. And so, of course, I'm wondering, why isn't this stuff happening? You know, why isn't this stuff coming true in my life? Well, I hadn't done the work up to that point. So that was something I kind of wanted to share to you guys that, you know, I've, I've read all this stuff a lot, but I didn't get the point that I had to work to get to this part. And then, you know, I grew up with, you know, an, an abusive home like a lot of us did, I'm sure. And, um, you know, I heard I'm sorry a lot um, from my father as a child. And I remember even as a small girl thinking, he always says he's sorry, but like he never changes. And, you know, even as a small child, I knew that there that wasn't okay. And so, you know, it was a huge thing to me in my amends process that first, yes, I did make direct, direct amends to my family and the people, you know, the wreckage I had left. Um, I didn't use the word sorry because I can't, I just don't like that word. You know, I had to, you know, regret. And, and uh, anyway, so the hugest part for me is living life different. And I remember listening to you guys when I first came in and people would share about, you know, the changes in their life and their family. And I thought, you know, I can't imagine that happening. Um, I couldn't even imagine ever getting any absence together, let alone any new way of life. So um, today, you know, now that I've got a little over two years of, of recovered abstinence and, and finally realized that, you know, I'm putting the food down today so that I can have a new life, so I can have a, a relationship with a higher power and learn how to have effective relationships with other human beings and to be patient, tolerant, kind, and loving which does not come naturally for me because, as it says, I'm selfish and self-centered to the extreme, right? So, you know, I'm actually having my um, children, who are adults now, 
say things to me about being different, you know, being shocked about my behavior. And I'm just like, I was sharing with somebody yesterday. It's like, yeah, it freaks me out that I have abstinence and I'm in a normal body weight. But what really freaks me out is I'm doing life different, you know, and, and it all comes down to, you know, talks about uh, skipping ahead a little on that page about the maintenance of our spiritual growth. I've never maintained anything, you guys, in my life. Never maintained a body weight. I was a foxhole prayer. You know, I never did anything day in and day out and, and did the growing stuff. And so I like the growing steps, you know, better than calling them the maintaining steps because every day I'm just getting closer to my higher power. And yes, my defects crop up and thank God the book tells me that. But with you guys, I get to keep doing this day in and day out and I get to make deliberate choices today with my higher power in this step that I'm wrapping up. That was one of the things, you know, I was, I was run by my disease and my emotions and everything else. And today with my higher power, I'm able to make deliberate choices and, and see my defects and do things different, you know, make living amends. So with that, I pass. And we have time for one more share. Who has a desire? Melissa C. Nicole P. Well, let's go with Melissa, and Melissa, you got two minutes. Okay, great. It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York, and you know, I'm I'm like reading this, and I'm really excited because um, I love the, this taking the lead. Like it's such a um, it's such an awesome um, role and responsibility, and you know, it doesn't mean just reconstructing what I believe I may have caused, you know, like that's not leadership role. Like taking the lead means I don't look at what I, I think I only did. You know, it's like if I'm taking the lead, I'm cleaning it all up, you know, and, um, and like, so what I'm really excited about is I'm going away this weekend where we have a wedding in my family and we're all going out of town and, you know, I'm part of a very large family. I'm the youngest child in a big family. And my, I'm going to be with my brothers and my sisters and my nieces and my nephews and my mom and my cousins. And, um, and I'm the baby, like, of my immediate family. And so it's so exciting living according to the principles of this program that I get a leadership role. And I get it not by pouting and withdrawing and stamping and having, like, the hissy fits of my youth. But by being tolerant, patient, kindly, you know, loving, and um, and there's nobody I get to practice that better with than my family of origin, you know, and um, my relationships with all of them have improved, and um, and so it's just I I find it very exciting living um, according to the directions in this big book because when I'm with all my family and. I'm sure things are going to happen. Um, I have direction. You know, yeah, I have my food plan, but I've got, like, my life plan. And um, thank you. I was so happy to listen this morning and get all the, all the wisdom and direction. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Perfect timing. Okay. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lauren N. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Can you hear me? This is Lauren N. I can, Lauren. Our our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us and 
more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your path. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Amen.